0: This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Brian Logan.
1: BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, November 3rd. Wherever and however you're connected, wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a guy who visits the show today with a softened heart, seeking forgiveness from all BYU fans. Brian Logan.
2: Yes, I am uh, very, very not sorry for Rudy, for my former coach. I'm just playing. I'm Come just on, Belo. I'm just playing. Come on. I'm just playing. I'm B-Lo. sorry. I am sorry. That they lost. Right. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing again. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, um, you know, I think I think the emotions was uh, was was really high for me. And when it comes to me and emotions and logic, like emotions are going to win every time. You sound like a fan every single time. And with Bronco, I mean, he's he's somebody that is is obviously special to me. And and um, our relationship goes beyond the field, right? Sure. So I've, I've had a lot of life lessons, and I've, I continue to get uh, counsel from him, uh-huh. even after I was done playing. Um, just to let you know, like I, when he left, I cried. I, I really cried. I, like boo-hoo, snot bubbles, like I need tissue, I cried. <laughs> um, and so, you know, a lot of that emotion, uh, what I felt, went into the comment that I made. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I would yeah. just
1: like to point out, that you are co-hosting a show called BYU Sports Nation today. Yes. You're wearing gear that says BYU on it.
2: Yes, no Virginia gear. No (laughs) no Virginia gear here. This is is blue. This is cougar blue. You're here
1: as a BYU man.
2: I am. I am. I'm a BYU man through and
1: through. All right. Now that we've got (laughs) that all set, we're good to go. Here's your show lineup. The college football playoff rankings are out for the first time in 2021. BYU now with New Year's Six hopes. Is it really alive? We'll discuss. Greg Rebell, the voice of the Cougars, joins us from Portland as he prepares to call women's soccer tonight. He's got some opinions on those college football playoff rankings. And Deep Blue with an opponent's perspective this week. You don't want to miss it. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: Like Spencer just said, the initial college football playoff rankings were released last night. And guess where Brigham came in at? Number fifteen. Number fifteen. Hallelujah. Head coach Kalani Saki says the rankings is a good thing for the fans. Yeah, that's great. I mean,
0: I think uh, rankings really fun for the fans and, and uh, for us. We're just focused on playing Idaho State and, and learning some of the lessons that we we can from the Virginia game, and uh, that's that's my focus.
1: Kalani. Embrace that the committee has finally respected BYU. I know he's in game mode, but after what happened last year, just some raw emotion. Yeah. I just want some emotion. Look, Number 15
2: with two losses. Look, coach, we know we all know what you know that you think what we think that this matters. So um, we appreciate you being politically correct and everything, yes. but we know, we know we know that you know yes. that we know that this matters, uh, but I do appreciate I do appreciate the poker face, for sure. Uh, just ahead of BYU are Texas A&M and Auburn, as well as Baylor.
1: Okay, now where Baylor ended up is interesting. We'll have more on that in the college football playoff discussion. BYU women's soccer, in spite of losing to Santa Clara, drops just one spot in the latest United Soccer Coaches poll to number 12. As I just mentioned, BYU will take on Portland tonight, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, on the BYU Sports Network, BYU Radio, 107.9 FM and the BYU Cougars app. We'll talk to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebel, about that match and much more coming up in just about 20 minutes.
2: BYU sees the men's and the women's cross-country teams fall spot in this week's USTF-CCCA rankings. Uh, the women's team falls from 3 to 4, while the men's, uh, goes from 7 to 8. Both teams are coming off a win, uh, winning a uh, WCC championship last week. So, so now so here's the thing.
1: It's, that's that's kind of weird to me that, you know, you. They dominate. Yeah, and then you fall back. I mean, dominate. Yeah. And drop a spot. But that's okay, Brian. Bring in the chip on the shoulder. That's the, re- the disrespect. Man. Bring it in. The disrespect with
2: Brigham. I don't know what it is when it comes to the respect level and Brigham athletes. It's It's kind of weird to me, man.
1: Hey, the CFP committee respected BYU football. I just still can't wrap my head around it. <laughs> One basketball note from Eric Mika as we take a look at our Cougars overseas 22 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, and a Euro Cup win for his team, J.L. Borg, yesterday. Congrats to Eric. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU
1: Sports Nation. A college football playoff pleasant surprise Brian BYU number 17 in the AP poll going into last night's announcement they are awarded after five power five wins with the number 15 spot in the poll that matters most Brian what was your initial reaction to finding out that BYU came in at number 15 in the initial CFP poll release um I, you know I felt that it was the, it was accurate
2: um I, I think I'm the minority on this when I think a lot of people expected b y u to come in ranked you know um closer to twenty five you know um, I, I would say i think that the, the expectation is that at least that i've been hearing from the community and fans um was maybe you know sixteen to twenty uh maybe sixteen to twenty two something along those lines right and with me um you know you look at the body of work and and what is the the college um, uh, football playoff committee. What do they What they talk about? Strength of schedule, right? And and BYU had that. Um, even though some of those those ranked teams aren't ranked right now, um, you, you saw the effort, and and you saw, uh, you know how tough the schedule was in the beginning of the season, right? A lot of the analysts were like, "Oh man, this is crazy," and and analysts were saying, national analysts were saying, you know, if they were to run the table for whatever reason they could potentially be, you know, where Cincinnati is right now. Um, And so to me, it's not not really surprising. Um, I I think it's accurate.
1: So for me, and I mentioned this on the show yesterday, I was very interested to see what the committee would do with BYU based on what the Cougars were doing at this time last year, which was playing any team they could get on the schedule – No Power Fives were willing to play BYU. I know, Washington fans, you say that BYU ducked a game, which they did not. But no Power Five conferences, in large part, were willing to schedule BYU last year because of largely matters that were out of their control. Those decisions were made by the higher-ups. So Mm -hmm. BYU did the best they could, and they were not rewarded. They were number 8 in the AP poll going into the first college football playoff rankings last year and found themselves at number 14 as an undefeated team, and everybody was really upset, up in arms. BYU's dominating teams. There's no respect. So I look at this year, and I'm like, okay, well, BYU has five Power 5 wins, but they have two losses, including a very head-scratching loss to Boise State. Mm -hmm. So are they going to be punished in a big way for having that loss to Boise State? And the answer came back clear, Brian, No. They awarded the Power 5 wins, 5 of them, the most ever in a season for BYU, way more than BYU was punished for that home loss to Boise State.
2: You know, if if you look across the board, there's some there's a couple other teams that are ranked that have some head-scratching losses as well. So so I think when when you look at the entire rankings and some of those losses, we can assume that the committee is you know, putting a lot more weight towards the wins versus losses, which is which is interesting. I mean, I don't know if that's the case or if it just, you know, randomly played out that way. I don't believe in coincidences, So I'm assuming it's not. And and to me I, I think um I, I kinda like this, right? Because what you're what you're saying is, look, for the committee, right? And and having that human element, you're saying, look, we not everybody can be perfect. We're not all perfect. Um And we're going to have our off days, but do your best days outweigh your off days, right? And I think clearly BYU's schedule and some of the other teams, you know, kind of show that and prove that. So I I like that they are saying, well, we'll give you a little asterisk by, you know, Boise State. But yet, you know, you still lost to Baylor, which is ranked ahead of you. Um, And so that's, you know, kind of where we're judging uh, that placement.
1: We always talk about the body of work, BYU's body of work is right there in one capacity with one other team in college football, Georgia, who is number 1, and that is they have five wins against teams that currently have winning records. Oh, man. Not bad. I know BYU currently features no wins over ranked teams right now, but that could change, and they have two wins against teams that were ranked at the time against Utah and Arizona State. Utah is playing much better football. They are projected now to win the Pac-12 South. Arizona State is doing what they do. I
2: thought we already won that.
1: Uber talent. That's a good point, Brian. That's a good point. In fact, uh, let's examine that a little bit with the social media feed (laughs) that we saw on the Twitter machine from at ESPN Bill C. He said, look, this kind of hit me yesterday evening, too. I assumed uh, Ole Miss would be ahead of BYU at the very least. The only explanation I can think of is that they respect the Pac-12 enough to rank Oregon fourth. A team, BYU, that's 4-0 and versus the Pac-12 should get a boost. Andy Staples responded, Brian, are you guys referring to Pac-12 South champ BYU? <laughs> yes, sir. Connolly then said, I do appreciate that BYU is unbeaten against the Pac-12, while likely Pac-12 South champ Utah is 0-2, against the Mountain West Conference. (laughs) Yikes. The sting is real. (laughs) So it started out with a little bit more of a serious tone and then very quickly became fun. But again, just to point out, national riders are driving the rhetoric just as much as BYU fans about the Cougars being a de facto Pac-12 South champion. Okay, now let's go back to BYU and quantifying how much or how little they were penalized for that Boise State loss. Look where Baylor is in yep. this college football playoff pool. Number 12. Yep. Okay? So let's say BYU beats Boise State. They are 8-1, and one, and they have the one loss, of course, in Waco at Baylor. Yep. Brian, that tells me that BYU would only be up two spots. Yeah. Number 13, if indeed they were 8-1 and one and had beaten Boise State. So it's two spots worth of a penalty. Yeah. Based on where Baylor ends up in that poll, which is not a ton, in my opinion. I thought BYU would end up somewhere around 17 or I was hopeful for 17 or 18. I thought, oh, maybe they, they come in at 19 or 20. Not great. Number 15. I, you know what? So, look, I get what you're saying.
2: But I think at this point right now, where, where the goal is potentially a New Year's Six, right? Like I think this gives us life. Like, oh, for sure. I, I saw the, that. I was like, like, wait a minute. The heartbeat
1: is alive.
2: Hold on. Wait a minute. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back on board. Sorry, Bronco, Virginia. I'm back. I'm back with my guys because we're going to a New Year's Six game. And I, I, with that being said, and, and, and your point to you know, only a couple spots, I think every spot literally matters, man. I think every single spot matters. And, no and, argument there. And 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 the reason why specifically is when you look at BYU's um, remaining schedule, right? There, there's there's really not an opportunity that that BYU has control over um, to you know put themselves in a situation where they can gain some spots. They're going to need some help, right? Sure. And-
1: Even beating USC, who is understandably down and It's a hot mess in Southern California right now. Nobody respects
2: them They fired
1: their head coach, who is now the head coach apparently at Georgia Southern. So it turns out BYU is going to face a Clay Helton team this season after all because (laughs) they play that team the week before they go to Southern California, which is super weird. That's what
2: we call destiny. Right? He's meant to be. (laughs) He's meant to be.
1: (laughs) So you're right. BYU can't do a ton. Style points, how much do they matter? They'll take care of business against Idaho State. Look, look. I hope BYU goes 60-plus again. And I hope they go 50-plus against Georgia Southern. What can you do against USC to help your resume? Can BYU, you do anything?
2: BYU st- – style points are huge. BYU needs to score a million points a game. <laughs> for, like, really. And they need, to, they, they need to give up negative a million points. Hey. Like, st- style points really, really do matter when you don't have a respectable,
1: you know, opponent coming up. Beat USC, go 5-0 and against the Pac-12. They are still respected a little bit just because of the name, the brand, and the colors. A little know. bit. I don't know. I don't there's a lot on the line undefeated I, against the Pac-12 in that game. Usually okay. when
2: I think USC, I think Reggie Bush, and now when I think USC, I go <coughs>
1: <laughs> pray for those guys. Man, there's so much more to this conversation, including the teams ahead of BYU, which we don't have time for now and their remaining schedules. You said BYU needs some help. There will just be some attrition from games that have to be played between teams that are ranked in the top 14 above BYU. Some yeah, of those teams sure. have to lose. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's going to lose. Guaranteed. Can BYU benefit from that, or will the committee say, eh, now we're not going to drop that team enough? We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Much bigger conversation remaining this week. Our question of the day. How does BYU being ranked 15th in the college football playoff rankings impact your expectations for the remainder of the season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Nate Crowley on Instagram answers, good news. The door is open to bigger bowl games. Oh, Maybe the Fiesta Bowl. Maybe the Peach Bowl. There are three at-large spots right now. Four is Cincinnati, which got hosed, somehow finds their way into the top four in the college football playoff. Now, Nate continues. Bad news. BYU's destiny isn't in their own hands. It's in the Oklahoma State's, Ole Misses, and others. They all need to lose, basically, to make it possible. Hashtag BYUSN. Chaos. Controlling what you can control. So win the final three games if you're BYU. And a ton of chaos. With the teams that are ranked between 8 and 14, and just maybe, just maybe, BYU sneaks in the back door to one of those New Year's Six games. When
2: you can't control what you can't control, you got to go to prayer and fasting. (laughs) Coming up, which former BYU Cougar has
1: the most athletic two-year-old? Yep. Apparently that's a conversation now. Plus, Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, joins us live from Portland. What kind of chance does he give BYU using chaos – and winning some games to get into the college football New Year's 6 situation. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter
1: of BYU fans everywhere. BYU football with Kalani Satake is available on demand via the BYU TV app. Join Greg Rebel as he and the coach look back at a wild Virginia game. And that 66-point outburst, they're joined in studio by Jaron Hall. You missed it? Good news. It's available on demand on the BYU TV app. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton. To my left sits Brian Logan. And joining us now live from Portland is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, who hosted that Kalani Satake show last night. And certainly the number 15 college football playoff ranking discussion came up. Kalani downplayed it, Greg, but... We're not here to downplay on BYU sports nation. let's let's enjoy this. What'd you think about the number fifteen spot for BYU?
3: yeah, let's let's blue goggle this. Uh, it, it's 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 awesome to be part of of the national conversation, right? for consecutive years. And uh, last year, BYU was in every CFP ranking in in the COVID season, there were only five releases last year, but they were in all five. They were in the teens every week. even after the loss to coastal, they hung around, right? So they were they were part of the mix, and and then it comes out this year, and you're and you're fifteenth, and I'm sure a lot of people thought, wow, that's that, that's a lot of respect uh, from the committee for BYU, and it's clearly you know entirely schedule related, right? We we saw last year an undefeated BYU team was just one spot higher at fourteen when they debuted. This year, you can be a two loss BYU team, and you're almost in exactly the same spot. And as some national people have noted today. There's a clear message the committee continues to send. You've got to play a lot of P5 teams, and you've got to beat a lot of P5 teams if you want to get respect from the committee. So Cincinnati, by virtue of not being in a P5 conference, is capped in its ability to impress the committee. The only teams that can really do what the committee wants them to do are teams in P5 leagues, Notre Dame, and BYU. That's it. And last year, BYU really wasn't one of those teams because they couldn't schedule any P5s. All of them dropped off the schedule due to COVID. This year, with all those P5s on the slate and winning you know, all but one of those games so far, committee says that's what we want to see, and BYU fits the bill. So that's where BYU is, and that's why going to the Big 12 is going to be so great, and that's why next year's schedule is so great, and that's why you're 15 this year, which is great. You're doing what the committee wants you to do. And and, you know, there aren't too many teams, guys. Think about this for a second. There aren't too many teams that can guarantee essentially guarantee they're going to go a six week span without losing a game. Okay, but that's basically BYU's situation. Right. After losing to Baylor, they beat Washington State. They beat Virginia. They'll beat Idaho State. They'll take a bye, which is another week. You're not taking a loss there. You'll go on the road to Georgia Southern. Clearly, we're presuming you have to win out, right? But you win that game as well, which you have to do. And and that gives you and that takes you to the Coliseum. Well, that's a six-week span of time from losing to Baylor to playing in Los Angeles where you did not lose a game. And while you're in that situation, a lot of other teams are losing games, one and maybe two or more games. So the Cougars are in as good a spot as they could possibly hope to be (laughs) with two losses. Yes, you're ticketed for Shreveport, but, and it's a big but, but so far the Cougs have done their part, right? They've won their last two P5 games. They'll probably win their next two games and it'll all set up to Los Angeles on that Thanksgiving weekend to see where the college football landscape lies at that point. But that's all you could hope for. If you've lost two games and, and you're not playing in a P5 league to be in the spot BYU's in, it's like a best case scenario with Amen. two losses.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely is a, is a blessing. And, and when I saw the rankings come out, I kind of jumped a little bit. and I was like, oh, my gosh, I think we may have a chance at New Year's Six. So do you see an opportunity for BYU to, uh, you know, get it at, at large a
3: bit? You, you know, it, it's been discussed. It'll be discussed. it will be parsed ad nauseum over the weeks to come. You know, there, there are limitations to where BYU can go. Uh, the way the CFP is set up and the bowl system is set up, there are so few at-large uh, opportunities available, and a lot of it depends on on, on which contracted conferences stick teams in the CFP. Um, you know, which which leagues are getting a second team in because of the runner-up or the fallback status. So a lot of that's to be determined. So you're probably looking with probably as two as few as two or three true at-large spots available. But all you can do is keep yourself with the two in the L column and hope it stacks up favorably to other two-loss teams in in late November. Again, everything right now, the objective beyond Idaho State and beyond Georgia Southern is to be 10-2 and here at the end of November. That's all you can do. Anything other than that, you're not going to have any kind of a shot. That's a clear thing. Even at two losses, it's an outside shot. But when you're 15 in the first ranking, and you know you're probably not going to lose another game for a month, if that, you may not. You know, that's that's, again, it's the best you can hope for. And that's and that's I, I think as important as anything is you're you're part of the conversation. Again, you're in the mix. You're in the discussion. You're in the teens. Uh, you're being talked about. Uh, in fact, a lot of people are saying, wow, this morning, if you read some national press this morning, so whoa, 15 for BYU kind of didn't see that coming. But then you break it down. and You realize, well, why they are where they are. Um, they have, you know, as many good wins as many other of the best teams in the country right now.
1: Greg, you and I have been, and many other BYU fans, basically every other BYU fan is now looking at that Boise State loss and thinking, oh man, is that going to be the one that really bites BYU? But then I look at where the committee placed Baylor, number 12, and I thought, okay, so if BYU had beaten Boise State but lost to Baylor, would the committee have gone head-to-head and put BYU at number 13, thus making that loss really only worth two spots which is surprising a couple spots
3: yes yeah, is, is that how you're seeing yeah. that it's pretty logical right to think about I, I think if you were looking at, at, at BYU and Baylor and, and the committee had to head to head them and say well you know Baylor won by a couple scores we'll, we'll keep them ahead of BYU um, you could see that so you could argue that byU's cap or its ceiling is 13 right now um, but you know it, by the same token you um, you know, Maybe a, a one-loss BYU team um, is even give given greater consideration than we think, but I think it's a logical presumption that, yeah, BYU and Baylor were, are on the same spot. They'd give the nod to Baylor if both were one-loss teams and both would be one-loss teams if you're taking that Boise game out of the mix. The, the frustrating thing about the Boise game is how much of an outlier it was, right? Uh, BYU is one of the best ball security teams in all of college football. They don't turn the ball over, right? In their last 19 games... They're giveaway-free in 11 of them. I mean, very few teams can take that long of a stretch and say you're, you're, you're not turning it over in more than half of your games. Turnovers are a common thing in football. And, and to be turnover or giveaway-free in 11 of 19 games is a remarkable stretch. Six of nine games this year, giveaway-free. So you have a team that almost never gives it up, and you have four turnovers in that one game. That one game, Bonkers. such an extreme outlier for BYU – and it burned BYU. It's the only reason BYU lost that game. Let's recall they were they were more than two yards per play better than Boise State that day. Mm. If they just don't give them a couple of short fields, BYU wins that game. That's that, that that's the tough thing about it, is that's not who BYU has been in any other game, essentially.
2: Greg, so, so we talk about BYU doing what they can do and, and control what they can control. So I, I kind of want to talk about style points because we're all assuming that BYU you know, will, will take care of you know, the, the next couple wins. I personally think that BYU, to have a chance um, and to get in that conversation, needs to score a million points. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you think style points and scoring up um, or, or putting points on the scoreboard uh, will help BYU make its case?
3: Well, style points absolutely matter. Just look at Cincinnati. Um, the committee brought up the fact that, yeah, since he's winning, but they played a couple of teams we don't really like a lot, and they didn't really beat them you know, well enough. Uh, they struggled against a freshman quarterback. You know, they're, they're using all these reasons to show that, yeah, we want to see you be great if you think you're a great team. And, and so there are a couple of factors in play, especially as it relates to the FCS game to start off with. Right? Everyone expects BYU to win and win big. But Kalani Sitake is not out to embarrass anybody at any time. All right. So I think there's probably going to be a cap on where things go, but football is football. And if you even, you know, ramp it down once you've got a comfortable lead and all you do is run the ball, but you run it well enough with your guys to keep progressing forward. That's life. That's football. And and all you can expect BYU to do is be efficient with its possessions. You know, if you're getting, you know, 10 to 13 possessions in a game, you'd better score on nine or 10 of them. Right and keep the turnover number down. And even if, if it means, okay, we're going to run the ball a lot, you should be good enough to run the ball well enough to keep gaining yards and keep getting points. Now, I don't see BYU putting on you know garbage time touchdowns in the fourth quarter under five minutes to go, but before that point, BYU's got to be an efficient, very efficient team. And you know, I, I think a shutout is, is, is a reasonable goal for BYU to have defensively. This is an FCS team averaging about 13 points a game. All right, you're one of the better FBS teams in the country. You know, I think a score should be the, the, the cap of the expectation. Generally speaking, over BYU's FCS history, their opponents get about one score a game. They're averaging about eight points a game against BYU all time. So you want to keep that number down, be really efficient with your possessions, and put up a number that looks like, yeah, that's a top 15 team beating an FCS team they're supposed to beat. Then you take a week off, you rest up, you get well, you go to Georgia Southern, the whole Clay Helton thing is an interesting part of the scenario there, but it's a very lowly ranked and low, lowly rated Georgia Southern team. Uh, You've got to not just win. You've got to look good doing it. And then you just kind of throw it to the Coliseum and see where it goes. And again, everything's contingent on winning out. And yeah, I mean, even, even at the last week of the season, guys, I think style points will come into play. BYU has got to be great, great over the next month of football.
1: Greg Rubel, the Voice of the Cougars, is with us live from Portland. And before we ask you some soccer questions, Greg, I do want to get your beat on what this senior day for BYU football will feel like because there are very few seniors. The COVID scenario has allowed the door to stay open for so many guys to come back again and have extra years. So what do you anticipate this senior day will be like for BYU football?
3: Well, it, it's it's a little strange, Spence, in that we really don't know the list yet. Yeah. I think we'll have one by by Saturday night or Saturday afternoon. <laughs> but you're going to see some guys probably who, you know, we consider sophomores, COVID sophomores with red shirts in their past who are considering themselves to be maybe taking one last ride. So, you know, th- there could be some surprises, some surprises, some, whoa, I didn't know he was ready to go or I didn't know he'd had that many years. But when you think about it, there are a lot of guys out there, or a few guys out there, who could have had a redshirt year, a freshman year, a COVID year, and are now playing their essentially fourth year. And so in their minds, that's their career. That's their four years. And so you could see some of those types. Um, You could see some guys in the future being honored a second or maybe a third time on this day. It's a very strange senior day in that way. We only know of two or three guys who are truly going to be exhausting all their eligibility at the end of this season, a lot of other guys are looking at their future and saying, you know, might this be it for me? If so, I don't want to miss this day. And so we could see a few of those guys that don't want to miss the day that could be back for more days like this in the future.
2: I heard that uh, everybody was getting uh, a COVID year, so I get my eligibility back as well. So I'm going to apply for that soon. <laughs> uh, move, moving to soccer. So, so Greg, I, I have a, a, an uncle and aunt that lives in Portland, and I'm trying to convince them to, to go to the matchup and, and roots uh, for my team. Um, what would you say to them to, to get them to come out and, um, you know, encourage the fans in that area to come out and support?
3: Well, if history is any indication, uh, you know, BYU fans will see a win because BYU's never lost to Portland since the Cougars joined the West Coast Conference. It's been a good field uh, for BYU and Portland has been a historically great program, but over the last decade, has kind of been their dip, but they're on their way back up right now and playing some really good soccer. Uh, look no farther than the fact that they beat Santa Clara 2-0 on their home field yeah. a week and a half ago. That same Santa Clara team that turned around and beat BYU and, and kind of put a real dent in BYU's outright title hopes on the weekend. So that's all you need to know about Portland. But BYU has run this series since the Cougars joined the league. Again, 10-0 against the Pilots, Uh, Since BYU joined the WCC. Now, that said, BYU's been a different team away from home this year. Okay. At home, they're nine and one, and they average 4.8 goals per game. (laughs) On the road, losing record two, three and one, and they're averaging 1.7 goals per game. So more than three goals per game fewer on the road than at home, and a losing record. BYU's got a lot to prove tonight. This is a big week. Uh, BYU's six and one in the WCC. atop the the league with Santa Clara. If Santa Clara wins out, BYU's got to win out to get a share of the conference championship. BYU knows if they win their two games this week, tonight at Portland, and then Saturday home to Pepperdine, they will be WCC champions again, no worse than a share of the conference crown. As for their chances to be a seed, I think that really took a blow uh, Saturday at Santa Clara. There are only 16 seeded teams in the NCAA tournament And BYU's RPI isn't in that vicinity right now. Uh, They've got some work to do that way RPI-wise. Pepperdine would be a big win and a nice RPI boost on the weekend. But I think right now you're looking to hopefully host uh, the opening weekend and see where things go from there. Uh, But winning out this week is essential uh, to securing another conference crown.
1: Hey, there's your context, Brian. Get your family to the game. Greg, it's great to talk with you. And if you're going
3: to get to the game... Uh, bring a vaccination card or a negative COVID test in the last 72 hours. uh, Portland will require some documentation for fans wanting to go to the game tonight. So if you are in the vicinity in Portland, here in Portland and want to come to the match, keep that in mind.
1: 1030 Eastern, 830 Mountain Time, local 1079 FM and the BYU Cougars app. Greg Rebell will have the call.
3: Thanks, Greg. You bet guys, there'll be a stream on the WCC network as well. If you want to sync up and listen to the radio call as well. So whether listening or watching or both, let's go Cougs tonight, and then let's go Cougs tomorrow. Men's basketball, the doubleheader tomorrow, right? With men, women's, with the women as well. Is that yes, right? Yes, that's tomorrow? right.
1: Men's and women's basketball tomorrow. The so women Absolutely. and men play
3: basketball tomorrow. BYU's men's uh, exhibition finale, and then of course we got uh, a doubleheader on the radio as well. Saturday with Idaho State football, Pepperdine soccer. Big weekend. I've got uh, uh, I've got a few spotting boards to get ready over the next few <laughs> days. I'm looking forward to
1: it. Uh, it's ramping up. Greg Rebell with us from Portland. Thanks, Greg guys. He is the voice of the Cougars. As he mentioned, it is a loaded sports slate for BYU athletics this week. You
2: know, I I, I have a very hard time because I love listening to Greg and Riley, uh, and then watching it on ESPN or on TV. There's like a delay, so it's like I'm like, uh, uh, and then and then I put the ear the earbuds down, and I'm like, no, I can't go back. Once I once I have Greg and Riley in my ear, I gotta I gotta keep going. Get up! I appreciate you, Greg and Riley for. Uh, the entertainment. Uh, Coming up, a deep blue that bridges the gap between BYU and Idaho State. And
1: can BYU football top the high point in the college football playoff rankings from last year, which was number 13? Discuss that in the whip next on BYU Sports Nation.
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management.
1: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. BYU men's basketball takes to the Marriott Center floor tomorrow night. An exhibition against Colorado Christian. Watch the game live 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. He is Brian Logan. I am Spencer Linton. And yes, this is BYU SN. To interact with the show and get content throughout the day, follow us on the social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Now it's time to whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Brian, take it away.
2: The highest BYU was ranked, and at any point last year in the college football rankings was 13. Will they go above and beyond that this year,
1: Yes. Given the nature of chaos in college football and everything that has happened week to week, there are an average of six teams every week in the top 25 losing. An average of six teams to this point in the season. So if that can even half of that continues. Yeah. BYU going to climb above number 13. I, I agree with you there. And it's going to get super interesting when they get to number 11 or 12 we because will that 10. be enough? Will that be enough or do they have to be in the top 10 to top really 10. get into the That's New the goal, top 10. top 10. According to the wins above average statistic, BYU football is plus 3.06 wins above where an average team would be against a schedule that BYU played. So, Brian, with that stat in mind, how many wins above expectation are the BYU Cougars on your own personal scale?
2: Um, let's see. I just wanted them to make a bowl game, so um, I would say three, four, five, ten, okay. five? Yeah. <laughs> I think three is an accurate number. I think. I think. I think three. I think. I really, I really, my goal going into this was just make it to a bowl game. Please make it to a bowl game. So
1: they were bowl and, eligible. And,
2: and, and, and I assume that these next two wins, I mean, these next two games were going to be wins. So I would say maybe five. <laughs> Let's go. All
1: right, Brian, your boy John Beck is with the Jets. What's the deal there? Okay. What kind of difference will John Beck make for Zach Wilson on the Jets coaching staff? They're going to
2: the Super Bowl, man. Stop. They're it. going to the Super Bowl. So Stop I got to say. Super... Anybody that John Beck trains is a starter and is doing good. So, um, in the NFL, right? And you look at some of the college players that he's had influence on, including Zach, and there you go. I mean, it's, it's, it's enough said. Sometimes greatness. Um, Greatness, it just, uh, when you're around somebody that's great, that knows football and knows the X's and O's and knows the game, and especially at the position that influences everything, Yeah, goes Super Bowl.
1: It's tough to know how to quantify what kind of a difference he's going to make for Zach Wilson, but I think it will impact him with less or fewer turnovers. Maybe some fewer interceptions. He's a little sped up. Things will slow down. It's good to have John in New York. I think the calmness anything. Sure, composure. Okay, right, yeah. the following exchange happened over the past two days on Twitter because we're into Twitter exchanges today. Between former BYU players bragging about their kids, Devon Blackman said, I think I might have the most athletic two-year-old, LOL. Squally Canada said, I don't know, dog. My son might have something to say about that, <laughs> LOL. Then Jamal Williams chimes in, sad to let you, know, let you all know that my daughter can run both y'all sons over smooth like peanut butter, <laughs> LOL. So Brian, which of the three kids should be Kalani Satake's next legacy recruit?
2: Look, 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 if 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 the fathers were smart, um they would come together strategically and say, look, it's, this is a, it's a package deal. You know, we're not one of our kids are going anywhere unless the other two are coming. So that's that's what I would do. That's what I would say.
1: So it's tough because Jamal's daughter is probably gonna be on the radar of Jen Rockwood. And of Ed I Stone and Dil G Taylor. If she's running like that, sure. I mean, you know, it's 2021, man. Anything can happen. She can play football. Maybe she's gonna be Maybe, me. maybe she dominates.
2: Who knows? Uh it, his 40-yard dash, which coach earned his comp car weekly award. Pat 40 says it was Kalani Satake coming off the win over Virginia. Uh what comp car is the best option for Kalani? The comp car yeah.
1: for Kalani Satake. He's a truck guy,
2: Brian. He's okay. A, a I, I did not truck know that. Guy. Okay.
1: Okay. So can I upgrade that to a loaded whatever you choose? Chevy, GMC, Ford, okay. a little raptor, what he's a he's a truck guy. Give okay. him a huge truck.
2: I would I would say just soup up the um, the Cosmobile. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up your responses to our question of the day.
1: And a true blue hero. An Idaho State coach, both proving that things are way bigger than football. An opponent's perspective in deep blue next. Don't miss it on BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: BYU Women's Basketball opens their exhibition season tomorrow when the Cougars host Westminster at the Marriott Center. Watch Shaylee Gonzalez and a group of stars within that Cougar squad on the BYU TV app at 4 p.m. Eastern. Double dose of basketball tomorrow on BYU TV. Welcome back to the show live from Studio B. We should note that each week during the season, the BYU football team honors someone who is dealing with a significant challenge. That person becomes part of the team at that point. I know it well because my dad, Kent, was one of these true blue heroes. Afu Fiafia is the son of David Fiafia, an assistant coach on the Idaho State football team. Clearly, it's bigger than football, as you'll see in this week's Deep Blue special. Man, that big smile, bro, just brought
4: so much light to all of us, bro. We uh, came together as a team and heard your story, and um, you're like a younger brother to us. But even though you're younger than us, you're way more brave and way more stronger than us. Kind of when things started open back up uh, from the pandemic, we kind of threw him into a whole bunch of sports.
5: Football, number one, basketball and track. So he had year round, you know, seasons would overlap. He'd go from one sport to the next.
6: Um, Well, I was working out a lot during the summer and like I had personal records that I wanted to break with lifting. So I would, go to the gym with my dad and my brother and we
4: would lift like almost every morning. You know, late July he started to feel some of his some, some pain in his lower left calf
5: My kids, where they play a lot of sports, this that's like a normal thing, you know, and it's like we kind of go through lists like how much did you drink today? Like how much did you sleep last night? You know, did you stretch? Did you warm up? We kind of go through the normal list of things and usually they're like, oh no, I, okay, go drink some more water or go, you know, take a
4: little nap So it kind of got more and more serious where he was starting to limp a little bit.
5: And with football season approaching, we kind of thought maybe we should just have him checked out and just make sure, you know, it's not anything that needs to be addressed. So, about the third week in July, we had an MRI done and they called us pretty quickly to come into the office and it was the day before we were leaving to Greece on a family vacation and I said, well can we just come in, we'll be back next week, can we just, you know, I've got a lot going on. She said, oh, the doctor will wait for you, why don't you guys head head right over.
4: The doctor came in and uh, confirmed that it was cancerous.
5: It started in his bone and came out into his muscle and then spread to lymph nodes and other parts of his body, including his lungs. And with it being an aggressive cancer, like a Ewing sarcoma, and how advanced it was, the outcome was not good. survivability is low, even with chemo, and then also has a high return rate after that, a high chance of it coming back.
4: You don't really know how long he's gonna be here. You don't know if he's going to live to see his next birthday. You don't know if he's going to have the opportunities to be able to play high school sports or get married in the temple to have children. You know, those are kind of the thoughts that are rolling in my mind of the future for him.
6: Definitely at the beginning, I was thinking, why is all this happened to me? And then... I started to have a greater understanding of why this is happening. Maybe it's to bring people closer together and to make me and my family's faith stronger and have a stronger family bond. And
5: my husband at the beginning of this there was like a quote that he came across somehow and he said you never know how strong you are until you have to be. And it's like crunch time for our family right now. Like it's it's like, if, if we're not gonna be strong now, then we're never gonna be, you know? And we are determined to get what we need to get out of this experience. We don't want it to be in vain. Like, we don't want to walk away from this when we were supposed to learn something and we were supposed to act on certain feelings and to to fall short of that. Like, we, it's our son's life.
3: Let's
6: go!
5: I could tell he loved that. Just having all the players yell his name, knowing why he's here, I think it means a lot. I know that he's motivated by things like that. He's he's an athlete and so seeing all these athletes just rally around him. They don't really know him but they know a little bit about him. It was awesome.
6: We haven't really talked about percentages with my family because we know that it doesn't matter if it's a 99% survival rate or if it's a 1% survival rate. I'm going to be the
4: 1% and I'm going to beat it. I can't wait for you to get through this battle and through this fight so that I can see you back on the football field and on the basketball court.
5: Like, I'm so proud of him and that he's my son.
4: We'll stand united for you. Love you.
5: I hope that this is part of his story that he has to tell, you know, years down the road and what shaped him to be who he is.
1: What an incredible young man, and I can't tell you how happy I am to report that his cancer is in remission. Nice.
2: Nice. Um, man, I'm I'm I got tears in my eyes. Um I don't I don't think people really understand how much of a difference stuff like this, you know, can can make and, and the impact. You know, I I had a, a good friend and and his son was going through cancer as well this is a couple years ago and went and did the 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 true blue and and um was a Thursday's hero and man I mean when I see him now he still talks about that to this day and and he was able to beat cancer as well so you know things like this it may look small on the outside but it 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 goes a lot a long long way so I, I appreciate you know BYU um for for doing this and and being consistent with it as well
1: We're so happy for uh, the Fia Fias and uh, look forward to watching David on the sidelines and Afu, uh, certainly chairman for both teams this weekend when the Cougars take on the Bengals at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. Coming up, rise and shout out to a BYU great helping another BYU great. And your elite voice on how the college football playoff rankings have shifted your expectations for BYU football in 2021. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics.
1: BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Our question of the day, how does BYU football... Being ranked number 15 in the college football playoff poll, impact your expectations for the remainder of the season. Let's get some more tweets and social media responses in. Jeremiah underscore Hale on Twitter says, doesn't change my expectations, but changes hopes Mm. that there's a chance for New Year's 6 if the chips fall right. He continues, BYU needs four or five teams ahead of them to lose. BYU needs Wake Forest to win out. Now that's an interesting take and go to the college football playoff so they don't take an additional at-large for the ACC automatic bid. Now, Ooh. you could say the same thing about Cincinnati. If Cincinnati gets into the college football playoff, that then fulfills the group of five automatic spot and opens up another at-large bid in either the Fiesta Bowl or the Peach Bowl. So it goes from three at-larges to four if Cincinnati gets into so the that's college So that's football. probably
2: the easiest that, way.
1: Right? Yeah, Or, but some people think, well, even though they're number six – like, that's as high as they're going to go.
2: Yeah, they, I can't see them going. Well,
1: Oregon's going to need to lose. Ohio State's going to need to lose. Maybe Michigan State. I, I don't know. Like it's Not going to happen. Not going to uh, happen.
2: Not going to happen. It's tough for just Cincinnati. Stop, let me stop you right there. It's not going
1: okay. to happen. Hmm. Uh, and he added, Cincinnati in the college football playoff also opens up the G5 bid to an at-large spot uh, up for grabs. So, I mean, for BYU to feel good, like really yeah. comfortable about getting into a New Year's 6 game, they're probably going to have to be in the top 10. I know people say, hey, top 12. Yeah. It's probably going to have to be the top 10 to the point where they feel, okay, we've earned it. It's a little more comfortable. And even then it's going to be, oh, man, it'd be some real blood, sweat, and tears that day as they prepare to find out who gets into those games. But you
2: know what? We have hope, though. Without hope, you have nada. So that's what I saw. When I saw the 15th, I was like, oh, it's hope. hope.
1: Yes. hope. That's all I need. Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Trent underscore Jackman on Twitter. No expectations, he says. Just enjoying the ride. Win out and perchance get a New Year's Six. It's been a fun year to be a BYU fan. Losses and all. Hashtag BYUSN. Yeah.
2: I mean, that, that's a really good point. Overall, it's been a really fun year. It's, it's, it's a great time to be a Cougar.
1: Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. I would like to give one to Afu Fia Fia, Brian, for an incredible story we just watched, and to his father, David, and his mom, Celeste. That whole Fia Fia family, they're super motivational, and we're so glad that he is doing better.
2: Um, yeah, 100%. Man. I'm, I'm right there with you. I want to give it to, um, you know, Jamal and, and those guys, to their kids.
1: Hey! <laughs> No one's gonna ever <laughs> complain about a shout out to uh, some athletic no, children. That's
2: no, no, that's sure. that's a that's a triple the triple package right there. Devon for, and for
1: Squally experience. and Jamal, yeah, really fun to watch that unfold. Our thanks to today's guests, Greg Rebel, Brian Logan, of course, my guest co-host, and to the Fia Fia family.
2: Dennis Pitta, I love you. I have time for you today. Um, thank you for all that you've done for me. This program. <laughs> and in for Spencer, in for Jeremy. Conversation continues twenty four seven on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag #BYUSN.
1: For Brian Logan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Aaron Cup. We'll see you tonight, or you can listen tonight to BYU Radio, BYU in Portland on the soccer field. Go Cougs!